0: Well, the swimmer Leah Thomas is making headlines for being a biological male competing with women in college sports. And we're going to look at this from a Christian and from a biblical and from a pastoral standpoint. Welcome to The Unapologetic Show, where we defend truth without compromise with Dr. Bobby Conway, the one-man apologist. I'm your host, Tim Hall. We are here on this channel and in this show, we are helping thinking Christians continue to study and defend their Christian faith. So if that is something that you are interested in, consider subscribing to our YouTube channel, liking this video. If you're interested in more resources like this, you can check out uh, the Unapologetic courses that we have. we have. Bobby has three courses. I'll leave the link to that on the screen. You can find that at one apologistcom and we would invite you to check out some of those courses. And we have over 1,500 videos on our YouTube channel. So this is an excellent place for you to be resourced as a thinking Christian now this is a big topic Bobby as we turn to the, the idea of transgenderism LGBTQ um, man there's just lots that we have to cover in this episode so we'll do our best to kind of get some things out but one of the things we want to talk about is Florida recently passed a law it's been uh, you know kind of touted as the don't say gay law but it's largely assumed that that's not really a fair rendering of the law. We have the Human Health Services from the government putting out some new guidelines on transgenderism uh, recently, so that's uh, you know kind of in the forefront. And we have this kind of ongoing debate with Leah Thomas, as I mentioned in the beginning, and transgender sports. This came up, uh, you know, in twenty twenty one with uh, the Olympics and some of that. So let's just kind of dive in and talk about some of this stuff. And I think it's really important that before we kind of get to any of the transgender things, we really Really talk about identity because that's really where this is rooted. Um, Bobby, help us understand what is identity and where does it come from from a, a Christian lens?
1: Well, I'm glad that you asked the question by saying from a Christian lens, yeah, because different people who ascribe to different worldviews will explain identity in different manners. So for example, as Christians, uh, when we talk about our identity, uh, we're talking about, uh, who we are as humans, uh, where do we derive our values from? And so that's really important. And so if you don't believe in God, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, then you're going to need to figure out where you derive your identity from. Yeah. Some people derive their identity from what others say about them, and mm. then they end up going through life racked with insecurities. Others become self-made people, so to speak, yeah. and they figure out the kind of identity that they think that they want to project, and so they start living that way. But as Christians, uh, our identity is not in what others say about us, and our identity is not in what we think we want it to be, our identity is the fact that we are created by God Mm. and he's the one who wired us. And so our identity, uh, as it relates to the cultural crisis we are living in now, is... Many people in our culture have reduced their identity to their sexual preferences. Mm -hmm. And so this is the problem. So when we begin to talk to people about um, what the Bible has to say and maybe what we believe as Christians, they're going to think that we're bigots because... Uh, we're we're not embracing maybe the their supposed identity yeah. uh, as it's reduced down to sexuality. What we're going to say as Christians, you have a much bigger identity mm. than what the culture has on offer. An identity that's not reduced simply to your sexual preferences, and so that's something that is. It really needs to be understood clearly that when we go out and we're engaging the world, we're talking to people. The reason they feel so threatened, if you don't agree with them on their sexual preferences or going through a sex change or any of that stuff, it's because they feel like that you are rejecting their identity, Mm. but you're not rejecting their identity from a Christian worldview. You're rejecting their identity from a current worldview, oh, okay. from the way in which the world has reductionistically made our uh, our identity, you know, equivalent to our sexual desires. And think about that. Yeah. So if that's what you really believe, if you believe my identity is my sexual desires, that's then that's the most important thing about you. Yeah. And that's what people need to accept about you. And this is why we parade it. And we think that's the most important thing. It seems like by the way we talk is who people can be with or not be with or how we can dress. And it's like, we're obsessed with our, our, our intimacy lives.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. Identity is, uh, from what you're describing, seems more of like a top down. It's a God down to us kind of thing and not necessarily a bottom up. It's not us observing our surroundings yes. and trying to, uh, you know pick one of those niches those societal niches and and then <laughs> shove ourselves into that exactly. based on our actions or whatever. So um yeah so I think with that that's really interesting as as you were talking one of the things that kept coming to mind is That we want to, as we're having this discussion on this show, and this is mainly for our listeners, we want to make sure that we differentiate between, um, you know, kind of a biological, theological, sociological, or political perspective and a pastoral perspective. So if we're kind of just talking about, you know, hard facts on the ground, whether that's biological facts or sociological facts or, like, what's going on, on you know, political, or we're talking about an interpretation of a a text in scripture, that's something different than what you might be talking about or how you navigate a conversation that's you know someone that's in the lgbtq community across the table over a cup of coffee so i think those uh, that that's a good lens to kind of view we need to be careful as we filter through some of this stuff that we're going to be talking about some kind of just hard facts and figures and interpretations of scripture. And that's what we believe to be the case. And there's other things that we're going to say. If you're having a conversation with somebody, you might want to frame it a little bit different. You might want to come at it from a different perspective. And I think one of those things that, again, if we're talking about just kind of these baseline facts is what is gender and how then does it relate to sex? That seems to be a lot of conflict going on. There's a language component. There's this sociological component. So Bobby, how would you answer that question? What is gender how How does it relate to sex?
1: Uh, Gender uh, is ascribed, uh, you know, to us by God is what I would say biblically, right? He, God... Uh, gives us a gender, and you know, we are born uh, with a gender, uh, and so uh, how does that relate to sex then? If well, I mean, if you're born a male or if you're born a female, uh, it means that if you're born a male, you have male organs, and if you're born a, a female, you have uh, female uh, reproductive organs, right. and God has aligned uh, these two to fit together uh, for his procreative purposes uh, for the enjoyment and the context of a marriage. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not confusion that people will struggle with. So uh, not only that, uh, when it comes to the fact that there's the human race, within the human race, God made them male and female. And male and female are both sexual uh, you know, creatures, yeah. but they're different gendered. Mm. And so uh, that's the way that I would, you know, understand it. Anything yeah. you'd add? Well, yeah. And I think,
0: uh, again, some of this gender now, again, so like 21st century in our current culture, gender is kind of like how you relate to other people socially. It's, it would be considered what's a social construct, right? It's how you fit stereotypical norms. Like those who tend to wear dresses are Female, they're gendered female, and that doesn't necessarily say much about uh, you know what's under the dress, if yeah. you will, or what's going on inside, or what their you know chromosomes, chromosomal makeup is. Uh, so I think that that's a little bit different, but that raises this other interesting perspective of how do I know that I am a man, yeah. and how do you know that you're a man? Because I can only experience myself, I can yeah. only experience what <laughs> I experience, and so what that then becomes is it becomes a lot of external stereotypes that you're fitting into. So when yeah. someone says I identify as a female, we have to ask the question, well, does that mean that you're identifying with certain feminine stereotypes in your current culture? Or is there something kind of like ontologically happening on the inside that you are something else? And I would say, I don't know how you could know that. Right. So what what would you?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, it's true. There's such a thing as gender uh, dysphoria where there is a lot of confusion that people have. And I can't imagine what that would be like. Right. I mean, just try to think about that for a moment, Tim, like how conflicted you would feel if to look in the mirror and see man, but then feel like you're a woman right that that's got to be a heavy duty trial. and the culture doesn't help because uh, you know, they've made this, Cool, almost right. Yeah, so it's yeah. like it's it's constantly marketed. Uh, it's 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 sung about. It's it's in film. It's all over the place. And many people are uh, don't even realize it's happening. They're just become they become a product of the culture. They don't even see what's taking place. But there are. Uh, it, I mean, it's true scientifically. I mean, you can go through a sex change. But that doesn't change your gender. Right. Because, you know, it's XX or it's XY, the chromosomes, right? You're male or you're female. Now you can change your appearance to look a little bit more right. like the sex that you aspire to. Uh, but nevertheless, it doesn't change uh, your essential ontological self, yeah. as you talked about. Um, so you have this um, feeling issue then that you're left with. And so what's going to drive uh You know, the conclusion is it going to be follow the facts and science, XX or XY, or now? Do we not want to follow the science and do we want to follow feelings? Mm -hmm. Well, because we so value sexuality in our culture and we have made our identities reducible to our sexual preferences and our sexual desires and our sexual choices, what ends up happening is because our identity of sexuality has become our ultimate, it's now become our idol. And that idol trumps all scientific thought. Right. What holds is just go with our feelings, yeah. and it's like the emperor's uh, new, new clothes. clothes. We like it's like we just let the emperor walk naked, and and we celebrate and we clap. But we all know the absurdity of it. Like like nobody uh, is actually a female just because they feel it any more than like if I said I feel like I'm African American. Right. I mean, yeah. it's just absurd. Like, and you know what? For it would be more. Consistent, it would seem like to say I'm an African American male than to say that I'm a Caucasian female. Right. 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 B- uh, because there's there's some correspondence. Yeah. Right. Now, I guess there's correspondence in both, but from the fact that, you know, you're Caucasian, uh, you know, I'm using a Caucasian for Caucasian and a male for male. <laughs> right. Uh, but my point is, um, you know, I think men will align more with men when it comes to their anatomy yeah. than a man would with a female. Right. So I don't think I don't think we need to be saying things like, oh, well, I'm an African-American or I'm an... A-, but I think these points come out to say, you just can't go around saying these things. I mean, listen, I kid you not, Tim. We had dinner this past week with, with our dear friends, uh, my buddy who led us to the Lord. Okay. And we were hanging out with his uh, kids and his daughter was talking about how they have kids that are dressing up as cats and they wear cat ears and they wear a cat leash and and, and then there's somebody who pulls the person on the leash leash, and the person meows because that person identifies as a cat. Mm. And we're allowing this stuff like to happen. Like, like, and there's people like, oh, that's great. You know, way to come into your feline, you know, identity (laughs) Identity, here. And I'm thinking just because you think you're a cat doesn't make you a cat. Right. Right. And so what, what's going to have to happen is, is, we have to just call a spade a spade. We have to quit yeah. feeling like we have to cower down to like this listen, I feel bad. I really do if somebody's feeling emotional uhly like they're the opposite sex. Yeah. But we can't change the name of science altogether. Uh, we, we we have to look at this and treat, well, what's going on? What's influencing this? And I think a lot of music, a lot of entertainment, a lot of science, a lot of media, or not a lot of science, excuse me, a lot of media yeah. is pushing this. Yeah, no science of, is coming you know, out and saying science, you're actually... Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I do want to ask you about a few Bible passages that do address, um, you know, gender identity and kind of some of these topics that we could turn to, to help give an understanding. But before we do that, I just wanted to, uh, you know, kind of mention a few few things. There's been Matt Walsh, who's a conservative pundit who, you know, was on the, the Dr. Phil show and with, you know, two transgender person. And he asked them, you know, like, what is a woman? And uh, and neither of them really could give an answer. Recently, there was a Supreme Court justice that was up for nomination. And uh, one of the people that were on the Judi- Judiciary Committee asked her, what is a woman? And, you know, she kind of said, I'm not a biologist. I can't answer this. Yeah. So, you know, and even you mentioned this, when we idea of woman, there's different, there's several different markers that you could use in order to be able to define that. Uh, several of them kind of fall into that heading of biology, but I think one of the things that is we need to just address is that yes, your chromosomes are going to you know give a pretty clear indication if they're XX or XY. Your you know outward you know, what's, what's under your pants Genitalia. You know, Yeah, are, are, are going to give you a pr- pretty clear indication of, of what's going on. There are some, you know, stereotypes that are going to give you a pr- pretty clear indication, but those are all assuming that a, that when they're working properly, and then we do leave room for kind of the anomalies. We know that there's, there's anomalies just in, in birth. If someone is born without arms, like our friend, Daniel Ritchie, yeah. we wouldn't say, oh, well that's normal. So, oh, you know, armness is a spectrum, right? We can look at our friends and say, that is something that, you know, is not necessarily by God's specific design. That's not, that's That's not working properly. Um,
1: If there is an intersex condition, right. That is so rare that in that particular situation, if somebody has like, you know, both uh, anatomical male and female parts in that situation, then, you know, in a situation like that, you can be sympathetic of going, Oh, well, I mean, you make your decision here. Um, You know, I guess if they did the chromosomal study, uh, you know, there would be those that would be ultra strong on just saying go with what the chromosome shows others might say, you know, go with what your feelings feeling shows almost if you're going to be consistent though, it makes sense to go with the chromosome in spite of the feelings, because then you leave yourself a door open to saying, see, you're being inconsistent. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. And so I think that again, that's just really important. So let's talk a little bit first about just kind of some passages that you would turn to, and then let's kind of get to the nub of the conversation about, you know, uh, sports and who should be competing in different sports. as we started off with Leah Thomas. So what passages in the Bible would you turn to to help Inform us in this area?
1: Well, I mean, I think the big one, as I would just say, go to the book of Genesis. Okay. Right in the very beginning, in Genesis 1 26 and 27, that God created us as male and female in his image. And so uh, by creating us in his image uh, and creating us male and female, we have an identity that is built by God. And we are to reflect something of God in the Mm. way that we live. And there's something beautiful about a male and a female together. uh, And I'm not even speaking simply as marriage, just male and female part of humanity that together we can reflect uh, in a redeemed state, so much more of what God has uh, to show us about himself than mm-hmm. we can on our own.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I would add, and basically I'm just building on yours, but Jesus, you know, refers back to uh, that creation narrative in Matthew 19. And so he's just, again, reaffirming that. So he's, he is absolutely he's just reaffirming that. So that, that's good. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, where where should Christians stand? Again, this is, this is kind of a difficult conversation when it comes to um, Biological males and biological females participating in the sports of the opposite sex. Yeah, uh, I hope I said that correctly. Yeah, um, I was watching a debate with somebody that is uh, she was a, a transgender male, so uh, she was born a female and now lives as a man. But one of the things that you know he was saying was that it was it's a costume that essentially he puts on. So he fully acknowledged that his. Biological makeup is the exact opposite of a, the way that he's living, but he really, you know, was was just honest and said, "Yeah, this really is a costume, and yeah, I I take specific hormones to be able to have a beard, and I've had you know some surgeries to help look different." But in that sense, I, I think that was a really honest comment that this person was making about that it was a costume that they were putting on. And so, if if that's the case, uh, and again, we could talk about whether or not that is the case. Should it, is it right for them to participate in that the sport of the opposite? Sex, if you will. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Before I answer that, when you're talking about like putting on a costume, I think one thing that Christians have to come to terms with is this question. We have to not answer this. Is there a place where sexuality crosses boundaries? Mm. Because I think that we're living in such dark times that you watch TV and you got to wonder, is there anything... That's taboo, right? Is it all? Is is it just whatever you carte feel blanche. like doing? Yeah. Carte blanche. I think that one thing that we have to come to terms with is: do we actually believe you can even cross lines when it relates to what we feel like doing sexually? Yeah, I think you can. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, and I think that for me, uh, you know, the sex has a context. Yeah, uh, it's called marriage between a man and a woman. Uh, now, uh, if people. Uh, you know, slip up throughout their life. That doesn't mean that God's not forgiving, right? but it does mean that we've fallen short of his ideal. I was very promiscuous with the women before I I, uh, became a Christian. Uh, You know, I know what that was like to... You know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to condone that. I right. I, I think it caused yep. my brain yep. a lot of problems. Yep. It caused me lots of consequences. I I, I wasn't a self controlled man. I objectified women. I, uh, I I mean, it did not help my character. Mm. But I think the way that that the we we present things is true character is just embracing the sexual revolution in just going with whatever your feelings feel like, no, that'll destroy your character. Right, right. You won't have self-control. You might pick up STDs. You'll have a hard time being a faithful spouse. You'll use people. Uh, but this is the values that are being presented to us. Yeah. And we have to see through it. Yeah. Now to your question, I think it's absurd that, uh, that this person, uh, Leah Thomas, which I don't believe is a female. Right. I think it is somebody who is masquerading as a female and getting in the pool with females and has simply stripped the award away from the number one female swimmer. yeah. And I think that that's a shame. Yeah, My heart hurts for somebody like Leah Thomas. And and I'm using that name cause I don't know what his actual name is. Right. But I would say it's, Sad to me that there's that kind of confusion, but I also think there's a selfishness mm-hmm. that 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 somebody like I'm certain if I wanted to be a female, uh when I was younger as a as a baseball player, man, and I think about how I could throw a baseball. Yeah. And if I was gonna go out on a softball team, dude, I mean it doesn't. I'm not. This is not a sexist thing. It's just the fact that men are stronger. Yeah. It, 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 like men don't have reproductive systems. Like right. there's average, differences, yeah. right? Yeah. This is not. This is. This is stuff where people worry, but we're offending people by saying that men are actually physically stronger, yeah, and that women have reproductive systems. We need to get past the the ludicrousy of like having to apologize. This is just this doesn't mean men are better or or women are better because they have reproductive systems. It just means we are different, yeah. And I think it'd be really selfish uh, of me to jump into a baseball game. Uh, right, uh, as a female and play on a female team, uh, it, you know, play on a female baseball team and start pitching. Right, uh, th- 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 when I was younger, at my peak, yeah, that 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 that's absurd, and I think it's it, it disturbs me that he can get in the pool uh, in the name of she and take away so many awards and change the game of sports and change the way we use our vocabulary, right. and we are about to change. All of our vocabulary, uh, and and w- and we're going to see an unfairness, an inequality, and so, the, so, so shockingly, this is all built on fairness, so to speak. Well, right. what about the fairness uh, in the sports? Right. I don't think it's fair at all, yeah. and I think some people we've been we so swallowed the juice uh, uh, of this uh, this age. cultural yeah. elixir that I feel like some people think, man, this just seems so, so insensitive, and I go. I think that we've got to wake up and get our head out of the sand and see what's really happening here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of waking up, um, and we'll do a little bit of a transition here. Speaking of waking up, you know, recently uh, Disney, some insider information from Disney came out about how they're trying to increase the LGBTQIA you know characters and the minority characters up to fifty percent. So these are some things that it's it's good for Christians to know and be thinking through and yeah. understanding where the Bible is coming from, how we need to think about this biblically. Um, but I will say specifically on the sports issue, I think that if we're honest, we can acknowledge that there may be when you're drawing hard lines there. There may be people that fall outside of those lines that are still, that still should be within those lines. Let me explain what I, what I mean by that. Even the Olympic committee right now is when they're setting up certain tests on who can perform in a male or female side, there are people that were born female that have, you know, the you know female genitalia that have, uh, you know, the specific chromosomes of a female, but then their testosterone might be a little bit raised. And so they don't quite fit all of those, you know, parts per million when they're doing the testing. And so they're kind of a little But outside of that, and then you have to say, okay, well then, are they not allowed to perform with females? And those are difficult and hard questions, but if all the markers are kind of lining up except for one erratic one here and one erratic one, maybe there, I think it's pretty clear that you kind of go with the average of what's going on. So we know someone like, you know, Leah Thomas uh, does not fit those markers. They went through male puberty. They do have a longer arm span. They aren't necessarily, they haven't been on, uh, you know, uh, testosterone blockers for long enough to, to make a a difference in competition. So I think those are some really uh,
1: clear things that we need to be thinking about. And you take Bruce Jenner, who's Caitlin, who has been through this. Yeah, you know, was Olympia champion. Right. He'd say, "There's no way that Leah Thomas should be in the water. It's yeah. not a fair advantage." And so I'm going. This yeah. is somebody who would right. know, right? So they know. So uh, any final
0: closing closing thoughts here in our last few seconds? Nope. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. This is this is this is a, a very wide and broad subject. We tried to cover it as best we could. Uh, if anything that we forgot, please leave it in the comments, and we'll meet you next time on the Unapologetic Show. You've been listening to Unapologetic with Dr. Bobby Conway, the One Minute Apologist. I am your host, Tim Hall. Be sure to listen to Bobby on Pastor's Perspective Monday through Thursday, as well as like, share, and subscribe to the One Minute Apologist YouTube channel where we have over 1,000 videos. We would also like to remind you that this is a listener supported program. We would greatly appreciate your support in any amount so we could continue to provide this ministry. If you would like to be a part of our team in any capacity, please visit our website at oneminuteapologist.com. And while you're there, check out all of Bobby's books, courses, and even invite him to speak at your church or event. Thank you for listening to Unapologetic, where we defend truth without compromise. sponsored by Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa.